Visiting aging parents or older adult loved ones can be a deeply meaningful experience, but it also comes with a responsibility to ensure their well-being. During these visits, it's essential to be observant and proactive in assessing their physical, emotional, and cognitive health. Hello everyone, I'm Cheryl Musial and welcome to My Care Advisors. In this episode, Caring for Aging Parents, What to Look for During Visits, we are joined by Wendy Tatlog. She's a certified senior advisor, certified dementia practitioner, and owner of Care Patrol of Northwest Greater Boston in the North Shore. Listen in as we explore these indicators to pay attention to, share valuable insights, and offer practical tips to help make the most of your visits while providing the best care possible for your aging loved ones. Well, welcome, Wendy. Thank you for joining our listeners today and sharing this timely information. Thank you, Cheryl. I am happy to be here. So, Wendy, just let's kick it off. What are a few misconceptions or common mistakes that are made when visiting their aging parents? One mistake is worrying that you are overstepping and therefore you avoid conflict and do nothing. Um, It's okay to walk through their house and check things out. Another mistake, which is sort of the opposite, is trying to address too much at once or in too confrontational of a manner. Unless there's an urgent safety or wellness issue, it's better to address concerns over time in bits and pieces as your parents are ready to address them. Here's an important point I like to keep top of mind when spending time with my parents. A normal part of aging is that our mental processing speed slows down. Our mental ability doesn't necessarily get worse. That means that our parents need a little more time to think things through. And if they get that, they should be able to come up with a good answer. Take a deep breath, slow down, and take your cues from them. Wendy, those are such great thoughts for adults and children and family members who are just visiting those their parents or an aging loved one. So what are a few signs or indicators to pay specific attention during visits, especially to support physical, behavioral, cognitive, and mental health? There are a lot of easy items you can check by just walking through their house. And this is usually the easiest input for them to take as well. Look for throw rugs or other tripping hazards, as well as sufficient lighting. Do they need light bulbs changed? You don't want them standing on ladders. Um, Do they need more nightlights? Look for indications of personal hygiene. Is the master bath clean? Is their laundry getting done? Are their beds changed? Issues here can actually mean signs of dementia. How are they eating? Uh, Look in the fridge for healthy options and expired food. Nutrition has a significant impact on our immune system. Do they have a good system for reminding themselves to take medication? Does it look like it's under control? From a financial perspective, are they on top of their bills? Is there a disorganized pile of mail? And are you sensing any signs of financial scams? We all think, you know, our parents are smart enough not to get sucked into something, but it's actually really easy to, and I run into it more often than you would expect. Beyond checking through their house, there are a few other things that are important to notice and pay attention to. How steady are they walking? Are they using a walker? Um, Are they using it right? Um, Many people push off using one for far too long and then it results in falls. 
Are they gaining or losing weight suddenly? This can mean a medical issue, obviously, but it can also mean increasing confusion if they're forgetting whether they've eaten, which is another big sign of dementia. Um, finally, and, and probably most importantly, do they seem happy? Are they still doing the activities they've always liked to do? Are they lonely? Are they getting out of the house? Are they connecting with friends, neighbors, and others? These are really good things to continue to observe. And I was wondering, Wendy, in your professional experience, how does one initiate the conversations regarding overall well-being, especially if you note that care needs have changed since the last visit? Cheryl, this is really hard, and I get asked this all the time. There really are things you can do to make, make these conversations go smoothly. You know, first and foremost is, you know, bring your concerns up thoughtfully and with love. Um, that's obvious, but again, take a pause and really think about why, why you're doing things, why you're bringing this up. Um, think about the timing. Do your parents uh, seem better mid-morning or do they seem more relaxed and open if you typically have a glass of wine with dinner? You know, consider should it just be one sibling bringing something up? Um, that's usually better. Uh, if a whole group of siblings get together, that can make them feel like they're being ganged up on. Another tip is to speak in terms of questions rather than telling them what they need to do. It helps give them a sense of control. Um, ask permission. For example, mom, would, uh, would you mind if I made a suggestion to help prevent a fall? Or quote a third party. It makes things not seem personal. Like I saw an article that listed the most common fall hazards with seniors. Is it okay if we walk through this list together? And again, watch for cues that they've had enough in the conversation. End a discussion if they seem tired, confronted, or overwhelmed. You, you can bring it up at another time in the future. It's a fine line balancing helping them with preserving the relationship, and you can't help them if they're super angry with you. Wendy, I really like your idea about starting with questions versus telling. You know, I've, I've read of the same thing with my own parents, and so I'm going to use that tip. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. It's, some of these things sound so obvious, but but it's hard to do in the moment when emotions are high, and you, you just need to memorize these things and keep reminding yourself while you're spending time with your parents. Yeah, so true. Well, I was wondering, could you please suggest a few key steps to take if you identify that the current living situation is not meeting your parents or, or loved one's care needs? Sure, Cheryl. Um, first, um, and this might seem unrelated, but it's not, um, make sure they're seeing their doctor regularly. If you see increased signs of confusion or memory loss or fatigue, there could be a medical cause, like a UTI or a problem with their prescriptions. The first step should always be to go to the doctor. And, um, and then sometimes a, a primary care physician will want to refer them to a neurologist for further testing. This can all be really helpful. Next, uh, see if they're open to hiring services to bring in support so they can stay, safely stay in their homes. And there are a whole lot of options these days on these services. Obviously, there's house cleaners, but there's also professionals who can help pay bills. Um, you can offer to pay bills for them. Sometimes they don't want to burden you or that's not, not possible, but, but there are people who can help with that. Um, reach out or help them reach out to their local senior center or council on aging. Um, they often offer fun activities and a lot of free services. Um, you can help them sign up for Meals on Wheels or other meal delivery options. There are, are so many these days. Um, and 
Also offer to hire a handyman to install handrails or any other safety devices. But when bringing in just a few services isn't enough support, which at some point it might come to that, um, it, that's when it can be time to start talking about senior living and approach that gradually because, again, that they, they, they want to stay in their homes. Most people want to stay in their homes. The first step with that is, you know, you can bring personal caregivers into the house who can help with dressing, showering, cooking, shopping, and more. But this can get really expensive really fast. And more importantly, it can be a real hassle to manage those caregivers, like what happens when someone calls in sick. That's when, you know, if you've been laying the groundwork on conversations around senior living, it's at that point, then you can start getting into those um, serious conversations. Thank you for sharing those those thoughts. And I just wanted to think of share a few more practical tips for making the most out of the visits that you have with your aging parents and to ensure that their loved ones' needs are being met, especially during the holiday season. Cheryl, I think, you know, the most important thing is to just be present and just sit down, make eye contact, ask questions, listen to them, talk about whatever they want to talk about. It's, you know, we get so busy and so tasky and so stressed out with our emotions over the holidays. Just sit down and be present. Um, They will feel the love and the respect you have for them and be more receptive to any observations or suggestions you make. Um, Slow down and be patient. They move so much slower and and that's okay. You can ask several different times throughout the visit and in different ways what they could use help with. Listen, and you don't have to solve everything right there on that one visit either. You're right. It's everything does not have to be solved in one visit. It sounds like it's a number of conversations that one has and making sure that they feel like you mentioned that they're loved and respected and you're listening. It goes a long way. It goes a long way. Just asking the questions and listening to them and letting them process and letting them feel heard. Yeah. So, you know, I was wondering, Wendy, if you could share any resources or tools that could help adult children just keep track of their aging parents' health and well-being between visits. Just first, I mean, just try to stay connected. The closer the relationship is, the more receptive they'll be to your suggestions. I mean, this is obvious, but check in and say hi. It doesn't have to be a big deal. Um, but there are a couple of other things you can put in place uh, while visiting that that can make them safer in their homes. Get the name of and number of a neighbor you can reach out to if something doesn't feel right. Um, sometimes it, it's hard to be in another state or something like that and not know who to call if they're not answering your phone. Get a relationship with a neighbor. And then there's obviously some technology that's available now, in, but it doesn't have to be too complicated. Um if they're up to it, get them a cell phone and put that Find My iPhone app on it and just flip the switch so you you can look where they are if they're not answering. Some people, you know, the cell phones are too complicated and that's okay, but for some people it, it really is a good solution. And now the Apple Watches are 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 great and sophisticated. The fall the fall um, notifications work really well. So consider an Apple Watch. And you don't have to load a thousand apps on and everything like that. But just just the fall technology is is great. There's if, if the cell phone's too complicated, you know, there's the life alert buttons and there's a whole lot of companies and that's a whole whole nother project, but it works. And then finally I've talked to several families who actually install video cameras in the home. Um some people 
you know, it, it's way too intrusive and I'm not, not sure it would work in my family, but a lot of people find it really comforting and it works really well, especially when there's, there's dementia involved. Um, it helps them feel safer in their home if they can, can chat over video camera at any random time. And then the other thing to do that I think a lot of families don't, don't know about, especially if someone's living at home with some early stages of dementia, is you can reach out to the local police and, and tell them that, that your parents are living there with dementia and you'll give them a picture and, and just give some contact information because if your parents are out driving around and get lost and, and run into the police, then, then they know who to call. It's, it's, it's a it's a process the peop the police are are very open and and supportive of. Yeah, these are some really great practical tips. Especially love the find my iPhone. I know I use it all the time, and it's it really is a valuable tool. It gives actually me some peace of mind also to know where my parents are and be able to see where they're shopping and making sure they get back home safely. All of that. So I love those practical solutions and tips and. I was wondering if you have any other thoughts that you'd like to share with our listeners and uh, just about, you know, just mother experiences or anything else that they should consider, especially during these visits. You know, try to enjoy your time with your parents over the holidays. But while you're doing that, try to put yourself in their shoes. If you're seeing things that concern you, on some level, they're noticing them too, and they're afraid. Fear is a really powerful emotion. And it comes out in a lot of different ways. They can be afraid from a safety perspective or just afraid of change. And change is hard and scary for all of us. You know, just try to keep that in mind and be patient in, you know, conversations you have with them. Well, thank you, Wendy, for joining us today and sharing your insights with our listeners. It's my pleasure, Cheryl. Thank you so much for having me. Listeners. To view resources, show notes, and access more MyCare Advisors episodes, visit MyCareAdvisors.com. You can also subscribe and listen to our podcast on your favorite app. I leave you with this quote from Vivian Frazier. Caregiving is a constant learning experience. Choose to be inspired to live the best life every day. Thank you for listening. We are grateful to be your guide.